The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. Nightmare on Elm Street. No! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails, no one will survive. Help me, please! Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street, rated R. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Serial Viewers, where... Oh, how am I forgetting? Happy holidays, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christmas happened, didn't Yeah, it? Christmas yeah. happened. New this Year. is technically our New Year special. It is our New Year special, even though New Year hasn't technically hit. Which is why we've had a glass of wine with yeah, this episode. Yeah, I'm having a glass of wine. You're having a glass of wine. I'm assuming Toby's had uh, too many glasses, a of crazy wine. amount of glasses yeah. of wine, which is why, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, can't make it for the episode. He's not here, so yeah, he's probably drunk somewhere in a skip. Probably, he's probably enjoying it as well. Yeah, man, it's yeah. happy New Year to him. Exactly, exactly. But it's a great shame that we're not having him in tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life, life does go on. Life goes on. Yeah. Unless Death. you have a dream. <laughs> <laughs> then, it, then it stops completely. Apparently. <laughs> so you're joined here instead by Alex and also... Stefan. We're here doing it. And um, we've got a very special episode to do for you guys here today to review. Yeah. Um, as fellow um, hardcore, I would say, horror fans. Uh, aficionados. Yeah. No, yeah. no, that just makes me sound like a prick. <laughs> but, um, but we're very big into our horror films, aren't we, Steph? Yeah, more so. Toby likes his um, death counts, his kill counts high. Kill count, yeah, yeah. Whereas we, me and you are, we do, we do kind of proper bro out. Yeah, over for, horror and yeah. scares and atmosphere, you we've know. We've actually been to a couple in the cinemas, I think. What did we see? Oh, yeah, that really bad one. Evil yeah, Dead. That, yeah, let's not talk about that. Yeah, let's not mention uh, that. <laughs> no, but we've come together to talk about, I thought this was a golden opportunity, it being a bit more of a a more intimate episode. Not that our other episodes, and it doesn't mean I'm just now going to... I'm not going to get... Nightmare on Elm Street 2 on you. <laughs> oh, the, the uber gay Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah, but which, being gay is cool, by it the is, way. Don't it worry is. about that. It is, it is. You and know? it was a very experimental <laughs> film for the time, I think. It's very progressive. It is, it you is. Know, More uh, so than the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, it's actually kind of my, one of my favourites. Of course it is. Uh, but Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street, yeah, take it away. It's Nightmare on Elm Street, one of my, if not my favourite horror film of all time. Nice. Um, 1984, Wes Craven. Hell this... of a year, by the way. Oh, just to get out of the way, man. The films in '84, man. God, they do not have years like that anymore. Like, what did we have? We had Beverly Hills Cop, Footloose, Terminator, um, Terminator, um, Police Academy, Ghostbusters. Uh, it's a blood, blood simple. The first Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a stacked year, man. Oh, man. stacked year. But um, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street has a very special place in my heart for a lot of people that may or may not know. Um, I first well, watched... most, of these, most of these people won't know, so yeah, they enlighten won't, me, they, please. They won't know. So... I know. But... Oh, you, you know. Of yeah. course you know. Everybody knows. would be a very good friend if I did. <laughs> oh, who needs friends, man, in this day and age? But um, I saw this film for the first time when oh. I was six. <laughs> <laughs> sorry start again yeah so you saw this when you were six right <laughs> it was such a downer like... <laughs> who needs friends around christmas yeah no i saw this film for the first time when i was six um my mom and dad had it on vhs it was one of those videos in my collection that had a really weird cover art that when i was um uh, around that age range i didn't really know what it was i thought it was a comedy of some sort it's very ambiguous yeah yeah so i crawled 
Why do I say crawled? I was walking by six. What the? F- I don't know. You might have developed very late. <laughs> Maybe I did. Einstein didn't apparently talk until he was like I don't know the exact figure, but it's like seven or eight. There you go. Shit. There you go. Geniuses alike. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so I stumbled into the living room at, uh, at at the age of six, and all I see on the screen is a girl literally have her intestines literally cut open by four invisible razor like razor knives and from that moment on I knew that this film would scar me and live in my head rent free and it always has ever since then and it just kind of was my main introduction into horror as a whole nice you know so yeah it definitely and and I've watched all of the sequels and obviously this one multiple times since then the sequels uh... well that's a good thing to start because I I watched when I first consumed that's an interesting term phrase. It Consumed is. a Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Yeah. They were all available on VOD, which was Virgin On Demand, which was like a precursor for Netflix and yeah. Prime and everything. Very big back then. And um, they had the entire like franchise up to like four or something. I can't remember the exact figure. And me and my sister ended up watching one, two, three, and I, I barely remember three and four until I watched three when I was like 19. Yeah, yeah. And I really thought, wow, this is actually a really good horror sequel. Yeah, yeah. Two, I remember a bit more. Of course. But two's now like one of my favourites. Two is two is a, 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 a cult classic. Well, it's got the first ever Scream Queen. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. first gay... Jesse, Jesse, the main yeah, character. The first yeah, kind yeah. of gay protagonist in a kind of horror movie but it's never really blatant it's always done quite with a bit of ambiguity i mean other than his s&m teacher <laughs> oh god i nearly forgot about with the that. ropes oh man how and, could you forget and the lashes that's etched onto the inside of my head <laughs> and the shower scene and everything oh yeah oh, man you gotta love that god. and them doing really bad press-ups yeah 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 but i guess you also like it for uh, uh, uh the whole other reason that it was one of the Nightmare on Elm Street films that after the success of the first one tries to go in a completely different yeah it's uh, a bit different and the know, idea that Freddy's actually now trying to take over the body a yeah. host to you know continue his evil work yeah it's spree yeah it's a little bit more than you know let's say Friday the 13th part 2 well mm. actually no actually, that's a bit of a mean one to say because Friday let's say Halloween 2 mm. Halloween 2 because Friday the 13th part 2 they just contribute introduce a completely different villain with yeah. Jason. Yeah, yeah. Right? But Halloween 2 is just, just, here's some more Halloween. Just rehash, really. Yeah, yeah. and this is, this and, well, interesting to bring up Friday the 13th because they're both around the same time. Yeah, by this point, the release of the first Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th Part 4 was released around the same time. So uh, Friday the right. 13th was well into its franchise by this point. Cool. Uh, very much the same as Halloween by far. Um so the comparisons are actually quite quite unique. And they also the ended up actually facing off against each yes, other. Yes, in the infamous film Friday the... F- Friday the 13th versus Nightmare on Elm Street. That's what it should have been called. That's what it should have been called. But Freddy versus Jason was yeah. the absolute title, which came out 2003. And obviously they had a whole lead up to this. Like, um, Fre- Freddy's, um, Freddy's glove was cameoed at the end of uh, yeah, Jason lo- Goes to Hell. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is a really decently shot film but yeah. starts introducing magical daggers and yeah and all things kinds that, of weird shit things that don't exist in the real world Stefan or do they Ooh. well Jason Voorhees exists <laughs> that's all that matters that's all yeah. that matters really so 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, we are doing. Uh, for anybody that hasn't seen this film, I don't know how you haven't seen this film by now. Uh, go bloody see it. It's 14... Pause this podcast and go watch. Please. Friday the 13th. Do it, do it. <laughs> don't go watch Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> go watch Friday the 13th. <laughs> 40 years. 40 yeah, years. 40. Yes, Ever, Ever Langenkamp, I Googled. Yeah. Uh, it's like in her 60s. Yeah, she's an old lady now. An old, well, older lady. Yeah, I don't older. want to put her down or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I'm going to probably put her down a fair bit. <laughs> In this movie. <laughs> which I'm also, just to get out of the way, before I do start trashing on Nancy, mm. or the performance of Nancy. Yeah. In Freddy's New Nightmare... The, la- the last one, right? Yeah, the last one of the franchise, yeah. She's really good in that. She is. She kind of makes up for um, lesser moments in this. In in this and somewhat in free as well, because um, for a lot of people that don't know, she Oh, shit, she is in free. I totally forgot. Yeah, she returns in uh, number three, Dream Warriors, as a kind of like a therapist assistant. Sort is she of? working at the... Um... Um, she kind of volunteers. She volunteers at the mental institution institution to kind of like see what sort of um, kind of new uh, developments developments they're yeah. doing with the kids that have pattern nightmares and so on and so forth. So, but it, I agree with you. New nightmare. She is fantastic in that film, and I feel like uh, that whole film is elevated just by the fact that Wes Craven came back to direct after the multiple sequels and decided to merge the dream space with real life. Freddy actually comes into the real world. He did three. Yeah. Did he do three? He, he did, did three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then two's just... Uh, two was... Di- I can't remember the guy that directed two. No, neither can I. But I just they... want to congratulate them on making <laughs> such a bananas movie. Such a cult classic In film. In fact, I wish there was... It was so bananas, I wish that Freddy's glove was replaced with knives and bananas <laughs> in one scene. <laughs> There's a fan fiction out there where that is that is a reality. Oh, I'm telling please you. Yeah, it exists. Bring that my way immediately. <laughs> well, well uh, you wanted to do this a little bit differently where, you know, normally I'll... It, they say this film's experimental. Very much. So, so today's approach to the episode is going to be experimental. experimental. Where normally, you know, I sit down, watch the movie, and I give us plot points, and then kind of let us run through the movie beat by beat. We yeah. wanted to also bounce between the sequels, yeah, and also talk a little bit more about certain other stuff. The deaths, man. The deaths in this film. Oh, what? for sure. I still have got like a layout, mm. just in case. Just in case we fall off the boat, but yeah. There'll be there'll like be no the fact that. that there is a goat in the opening scene. <laughs> I totally forgot. It's the most random part in the film. And uh, there's something I will reference later involving this goat. Oh. So I've kind of set it up like a like a callback joke. Yeah, you yeah. might get in a stand-up. Like yeah. Billy Connolly was famous for doing callbacks. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come back to this in some form oh, yeah, or fashion. Don't worry, right? Just remember goats. 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 You're you're son of a goat. That's what it is. Um, so for a lot of people that don't know the premise of this film, uh, the plot basically centers around a group of teenagers who live on the Elm Street, who are uh, the, targeted, the, the, Elm the, Street, the Elm Street, the Elm Street, who are targeted by a undead former child killer known as Freddy Krueger, who chooses to murder, attempt to murder these kids in retribution for against their parents who basically burned him alive when he was right. actually living because he was a child killer not only a child killer but it's also kind of alluded to that he was um, a paedophile yeah he was a molester I feel like the later movies well, I know the remake really leans into it heavy I didn't really like it I uh, know I hate the remake I yeah. think 
I think it's one of the worst decisions. Is a Jackie Earl Harley? Yeah, he plays. Freddy, did yeah. Rorschach? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then he's very good in Shutter's Island. Shutter's Island as well. Oh, he's fantastic in that film. Is it Shutter yeah. Island or Shutter's Island? Shutter, uh, Shutter. I, I'm not actually a huge fan of the movie. Shut the island. <laughs> Shut the island. But he's. It almost kind of is a bit of a damp note on what he had as a career trajectory because um. Yeah. I think him taking the role it was like, yeah, I'll do it, mm. but. You can't replace Robert England. No, no, nobody can. And to be honest, I don't even feel like it was the right time for Nightmare on Elm Street reboot because the last kind of exposure we'd had to Freddy before that remake was Freddy vs. Jason back in 03. Um, I would have said, wait, at least 25 to 30 years if you're going to think about something like that. Do you think it was because they'd done a Friday the 13th remake, which was kind of reasonably it did well it was enough. it was okay received okay yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of almost a remake of the sequels because it jumps straight into the jason law yeah as opposed to yeah. you know being about his mum in a knitted jumper <laughs> Good. we love jason's mom don't we yeah. um <laughs> but yeah that that remake just didn't didn't do any wonders and kind of destroyed uh, Jackie O'Harley's um, c- career, so to speak, um, following on from that. But the point that we that, that, that we were making was that this Nightmare on Elm Street film, the original, was actually made on a 1.1 million budget. And it actually, well, if I can see from here, actually ended up making 57 million by the end yeah, of this box office run. Yeah, and it's made on peanuts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's made on, it's made on a shoestring, uh, more or less, which... But that's what makes it even better, because it's really... There's a lot of things, and mm. I, I like to start with the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I really want to compliment this film on is because it's set in this dreamscape, Mm. It's allowed to get away with so much nonsense. 100%. Because dreams are b- bananas as well. I'm yeah. going to keep you saying bananas, aren't I? Bananas! It's, it's my favourite phrase for something. It's bonkers. It's crazy. <laughs> it's bananas. It's bananas. <laughs> but um, yeah. like I was telling you the other day, my dream in which these faceless men tried to frame me for drink driving and then steal yeah. my face. Yeah, What? how did that dream end, by the way? I don't actually know if they you They stole my me. face. They stole your face in the end? Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, where you put the covers over you to try hide yourself from the villain yeah yeah Yeah, they got me oh yeah i know so but i can see your face now so i know i'm alive (laughs) it was exciting though (laughs) unlike the people in this film i survived my dream (laughs) thank you nice joke there nice joke tagline i noticed this what is the tagline for nightmare sleep kills kills, ladies and gentlemen (laughs) when you die in your dreams you die for real i don't know if anybody actually says that in the film but no i think that's Kind it, of, is it a bit like? Not a lot of people know that. Yeah. You know that Michael Caine line that Michael Caine never said. <laughs> yeah. it's like, just did you think of Michael Caine? You think of, not a lot of people know that. Oh, people know that, but you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one one thing that I need to get off the bat um, to make the comparison on is. Obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street was released in 1984 and it came out around a time when there were a lot of uh, various silent slasher films also around it. You had uh, Halloween with Michael Myers, you had Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees, as we've mentioned. I don't know if I'm 100% correct on this, Mm. but I'm pretty sure My Bloody Valentine even was was before this. The original, I think it was... 83 or something. 82 or 83, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that film, by the way. Yeah. I've I've only watched it in uh, increments. I've never watched it in full, but I know that it's upheld up there as one of... uh, Oh, I think it's because it's a little bit unique. It kind of... 
where a lot of these films are set with teenagers, mm. they literally go, well, these people are adults, so they would be drinking. Yeah. And the kind of idea that they're being a bit more... Sex kills. Sex does kill. Yeah, apparently if you, if you don't in do it horror right. movies, if you fuck, you will die. It's <laughs> not like I'm quoting Coach Carr in Mean Girls, <laughs> yeah. which is going to be in a future just, episode, just, actually. Just don't have sex. All just right. don't have sex. But um, in that, it kind of makes sense that these kind of minors are having, you know, drinking, up, getting drunk and having sex with yeah. each other. Because their inhibitions are going crazy. Well, they're older as well, so it kind of makes sense that they can access this stuff, whereas I find that's a big issue with a lot of Mm. horror movies with teenagers you're like who the fuck bought all this alcohol you know what I mean like they like unless you've got a rich kid in your group who mummy and daddy have given him a trust fund or her trust fund where they can just buy crazy amounts um, or pay crazy amounts to homeless people yeah like how does that even I got a homeless person to buy me booze when did I was you younger. did you actually yeah we gave him some booze uh, in do, do, are you still in contact with this homeless person no oh. I hope he's alive I hope so as well it's Christmas man it's the season of being I alive I mean I hope I, uh, this was like nearly like <laughs> 15 plus years ago <laughs> he's not he's, he's well. probably not alive yeah 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 but um no back to Freddy like yeah this the thing the reason that Nightmare on Elm Street kind of resonated resonated with me um, not just because of the plot and because of the uniqueness, but because of Freddy as a character. He was really the first sort of horror icon to come on the scene that had his own personality. Like, he's quite funny in this film. Yeah, he's got... He's got... He, to be, put a better word, is personality. Yeah. He, he has a lot more going for him than... Chase you with a machete. You know what I mean? Exactly. Chase, and that's also can be co- contributed to the fact that Robert England fully embraces this role. And it's... He's in all of them. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not like Jason where they start bringing Kane Hodder and a few others. And switching it up. And at all respect, I love Kane Hodder, by the way. I think he's great at playing... He's amazing. He's, he's my favourite. He's my favourite Jason. And he's though. very good in, like, Hatchet. Yeah. If you haven't seen Hatchet. Yes, yes, good mention. Yeah, good mention. like... Um, yeah. But, yeah, Robert Eglund fully embraces the role. Stellar performance. And um, for a lot of people that don't know, he... Obviously, when New Line Cinema and Wes Craven were coming up with the idea and obviously like auditioning and kind of putting the character of Freddy together, mm. uh, what apparently what was said was they didn't really want that sort of macho masculine, um, you know, brutal killer sort of vibe. They wanted someone that was a bit more weaselly, a bit more tactful in his approach. Well, I found out this mm. in preparation for this you know, for this episode, mm. is that apparently the look of Freddy Krueger... Freddy Krueger, by the way, is the name of one of Wes Craven's bullies at school, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is really funny. It's, it's, got, it's not petty. It's badass, <laughs> right? It's like, he this turned... kid was such a shithead to me. I'm going to name a burnt-faced potential paedophile. After him. After him. <laughs> but um, he also apparently saw... A man down the street one day mm. wearing a hat that kind of resembled him. Yeah, yeah. And he apparently looked up at the window as Wes was looking through his curtains and he looked directly at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is, it's like real creepy. Before you take away the burns and he's a bit of a masochist, by the way. He loves hurting himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he he's both? Like... Is he S and M? Oh, he's not going to hurt himself and... I, I think he's just a sort of he's like kinky demon. Guy. Like, yeah, he's a bit kinky, isn't he? He just wants love from Which someone. Which is even more the case in the second one where he gets oh, hella kinky, oh right? Oh, God, oh, God. Uh, we could do a whole like pod on the second episode alone and it would like 
just do wonders. <laughs> With franchises like these, I do feel like they do fall into episodes. They really do. They really. And at do. the time, they're just like part two. But when you're watching, it'll be like, nah, it's like watching a box set at this point. Well, I mean, you can films can fall in. Tuning in to part three of Nightmare on Elm Street: The Dream Warriors. <laughs> the Dream Warriors. Um, but yeah, no. From your following on from your point, yeah, the creation of Freddy Krueger as a character, I think that's also why he's lasted so long throughout, like generation generational as well because he's he's referenced he's been referenced and um kind of like integrated into pop culture in so many different ways through I mean even as recently as the fact that he's an immortal combat yeah he's a mortal combat dlc character he's been he's had numerous references in uh rap uh pop rap, culture rap just in general he's a pop culture and, icon yeah uh, nightmare on elm street treehouse of horror um oh yeah groundskeeper uh, willie yeah, yeah 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 he was referenced off of him so freddy krueger is such an int- integral part of not just horror um the horror industry but just media and, and film yeah. yeah yeah iconic to put the to say the least the other thing i'm rewatching, yeah, i forgot was the uh rhyme Oh. One, two, two Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, Bedlock Little. Five, that. six, Grabby Crucifix. Seven, eight, gonna stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. Man, those are some fat bars. You, you know, I, I, I want someone Where's to. Where's Craven that? should have become a rapper? He really <laughs> should have. He should have put that in a, like a DMC rap or something. They like even that. say at one point, though, at the beginning, where mm. it's like, it's that jump rope rhyme. Yeah. I don't remember that. All that this is like a rhyme that's been passed down from generation, yeah, within yeah, yeah. The, within the universe of Nightmare on Elm Street. Apparently, um, well, it's it's kind of shown that, especially at the end of the film, where we will we'll get to the end of the film, obviously, throughout this episode, as somewhat fashion form. By the way, fashion. the most confusing and crazy and chaotic ending. <laughs> so I, I mean I rewatched it and went what the fuck is going on so it was basically a dream within a dream within a dream it's Inception essentially it's early early Inception basically right. but New Line Cinema wanted it to end like that because Wes Craven actually he wanted, he wanted it to be all a dream he wanted it to all be a dream which makes more sense but kills the franchise yeah but I like this ending better no I for me I kind of I'm I'm opting to both endings. I like both. You do. It's almost like you know um, Rambo: First Blood Part One. Yeah. Where he shoots himself at the end. Yeah, that was the original ending. ending. And they went, "Nah, this Rambo man's so cool. We need to make another fucking five movies. Five. Yeah, no, five in total. Five Five in total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another four movies. Last Blood, right? Last Blood. Oh, I hated it. The full four was awesome. Didn't work for me, man. No, man. <laughs> Kills were good, but sorry. How does Rambo walk into an area full of cartel? This man evaded the National Guard <laughs> for a weekend and he gets done in by the cartel in 10 minutes. He's Rambo, man. What can you say? Rambo, no, but Rambo should not get right like, into those situations. Rambo should have done it and then just like grabbed a ladder off a random helicopter <laughs> yeah. flying by. Rambo can beat Freddy Krueger in a fight. If, I'm you know. backing no because Rambo would beat Freddy then he'd go to sleep. Oh, and then Freddy would get him back. Did you notice that this film is a massive advert for Proplus? <laughs> like caffeine and... Yeah, yeah, There's I did. There's a scene where her mum comes in and takes her coffee pot away and she just pulls another coffee pot out <laughs> and I'm like... Well, how many could you, in the spare time you've had evading Freddy, you've gone out and bought a coffee pot? Well, uh, they're quite well off, aren't they? I mean, they probably got well, it's a nice satchels. house. It's a really nice house that's used in the film, but you could tell that, like, 
You can tell that Nancy's parents are kind of jumping the gun here a bit, but you can tell that her parents are kind of loose with her kind of her inhibitions of what's actually going on in the story. I feel this is really interesting on a rewatch. That mm. You know the kind of nuclear family stereotype you'd get in movies? Yeah. They're very anti. In this film especially. Because John Saxon, rest in peace, John Saxon. R.I.P. the John Saxon, man. With the most amazing eyebrows and worst hairline I've ever seen. Best in the game. Best in the game. And then he's like a doing, working all the time cop, mm, which yeah. doesn't come home and say, honey, I'm home. He's like never there. He's like completely sacks off his family almost. Yeah. And then the mum's like a cigarette smoking alcoholic. <laughs> which I was re-watching this film, I was like, does she spend more than, mo- well, more, most of this film with a bottle of vodka in hand? Well, to she be honest. To sleep with it at one point. Well, she starts to decline as the film goes on because by the beginning of the film, when you're introduced to her, she seems to have life kind of by the balls. She seems to be on top of things and she knows how she's going to get Nancy back on the up and up. But by the latter third part, third act of this film, she's just completely fed up. She's like, I don't care. You're talking about a stupid demon who doesn't exist, who has razors for fingers and wears a dirty hat. I'm just going to drink and smoke it all away. Yeah, no, I watched... uh, I was blown away by the family on this rewatch because I don't really think about them. When I look back on Nightmare on Elm Street, I never think of... I just remember John Saxon and then the fact that he's... Other than being in a police uniform or in a, like, kimono, (laughs) John Saxon doesn't really have any other appearance. Whereas in this, I just think of him as the cop. Yeah. But he's kind of devious with it. As well. Do you not think of him as like a a, a a dad in the film? Like, is he? A, would you say he's a good dad in the film? No, he's fucking. They're both atrocious parents. Really? I think so because she's just getting loaded and they're gaslighting her the whole way through. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they and do. that's something they I never do. clocked until this viewing, where I'm like, they're totally. Even though when she starts bringing up this person that she would not know about, and who they know, they yeah, know from yeah, history. Like, I'm yeah. like, you lot are dicks. Yeah, yeah they're not. Like, just accept the fact that. She's right and she might be on to something mm. instead of the whole, oh, I'm going to put bars on your windows like you're fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, man, John Saxon, we love him, man. We love him. But I'm he, saying, but yeah. this character in this is just a total dick. He really he wants is. to work on... T- and he's also very denying of... Um, right, Rod. Rod! Rod Who? played by... I, 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 I'm Jesus believe- Garcia. Jesus Garcia's his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. And I've looked at him up. He's still with us. He's doing well. And I mean, other than this, I've really never seen him much before. Me, me neither. It was my introduction to him, but also that's all it all was. All I've so. ever really known him to be. And I'm sure he's like a couple of these people where they've been... Typecast. Well, they just turn up in horror movies because they were in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. He also suffers the wor- one of the best dick insults I've heard in cinema. Which is? Where she's like, uh, he's like, yeah, my dick. And she's uh, my dick's so big or some comment. And she's like, my name's Tina and I bet it wouldn't even fit on it. And it's ah! like, wow, a four-letter word wouldn't fit on your <laughs> That's savage. And then he replies with, up yours, with a twirling lawnmower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the other thing I want to introduce is the cast. So let's talk about, we've talked about John Saxon. Yeah, yeah. And um, we've got Heather Langenkamp playing Nancy, uh, Nancy, Nancy Tom Nancy. Thompson. She's Tina's the main character. played by, is it Amanda Wise? Uh, Amanda yes, Wise? yes, Amanda Wise, yeah, yeah. Who, wow, I saw a photo of her, I'm like, wow, 
she's looking great. She's very, she's very, she's very attractive in the film, yeah. isn't she? Well, she's hot then, but now I'm like, wow. She's even nice still now. I haven't yeah. seen her. I haven't seen her no, recently. No, no, but, I yeah. saw her yeah. do a interview. Uh, I don't want to get hung up on complimenting a man. <laughs> Why not? But I was she looking. Uh, I saw some sort of like horror con kind of uh, interview with her, mm-hmm. and she's she's still like very charismatic and charming. And yeah. I, I actually think her performance in many ways is better than Heather Langenkamp's. Well, I think that was quite um, obvious, especially due to the fact that when the film starts, she, even before Nancy, she's the first character that we're introduced to. We start with her nightmare in the film. Yeah. Where she's running through like various like boiler room. It's, um, it's almost room. very interesting that he does that where he'd later on go do Scream and then bump off Drew Barrymore. Mm, so yeah. like he introduces a girl and then just has her whacked within yeah. the first, you know, quarter of the movie. But we get a bit of Tina in the. Well, she's got this pervy dad. <laughs> I, rem- I, didn't, I don't remember this and I was re watching it and her dad's. He's like. Uh, she's like, I had a nightmare. And the mum's like, oh, well, you know, you had a nightmare. And he's like, come back to bed. And then when they find out why they weren't there is because they fucked off to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. That, that, what poor I, parenting, man. Come on. I like looking at her going, well, where, where are her parents? Which is really funny because when John Saxon first yeah. finds out that she's been killed, right? Yeah, yeah. I find this really funny. I'll put this in my notes. Hit me with it. Was, uh, Fuck Tina, why were you at her house? <laughs> Someone has died, but I couldn't give a shit about that. Why were you there? Oh my Jesus. He ma- he knows her parents don't do her any justice. He knows that they're a delinquent family from top to bottom. And all he really cares about is his daughter's welfare. He's being a good dad, man. That's why I kind of... Yeah, but without the, the, this is a terrible police work. Okay? <laughs> at the expense of another child... He's just gone, well, why were you there? And he looks at his wife as well. They've got bad marriage. Yeah, yeah, they've got, right? they got bad blood. You can tell they've got oh, bad blood. Oh, they are literally arguing in the bedroom at night. He, like, he gives her a seething look while he's, like, basically, like, talking towards Nancy. But he's just like, oh, somebody should have been in bed and not yeah, that and looks at his wife and just like... You bitch. She's like, like, fuck you, man. Well, you know, my daughter wouldn't have been exposed to murder if you'd been a bad parent. You know what I mean? So she, yeah, she meets him. We'll talk about her death when we comment on uh, the death throughout the film. But I want to mention Glenn Lentz. Lance, oh, sorry, Lance, Lance played Baby by Depp. Baby Depp. Baby, Baby Johnny Depp. Depp. He looks so cute in this. It even says oh. introducing Johnny Depp oh. in the opening credits. Because this, I, I looked it up and it's pre-Platoon. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's pre... 21 Jump Street, yeah, before that, yeah. And a platoon, you can blink and you'll miss him in a way. It, I think he has, like, two lines of dialogue in the whole movie. Oh, really? I, I yeah. haven't seen I haven't seen Platoon. You've not seen Platoon? No, I've never seen it. Because it's got a very young Forrest Whitaker in it as well. Nice. Yeah, because nice. people remember it for Charlie Sheen and uh, Tom Berenger. Wow, this sounds like we've dug up a bargain bin here. <laughs> no, oh, of course, the masterclass, which is Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, those are the three you remember, but there's a couple other performances from, like, Forrest Whitaker and, um, you know, even when Johnny Depp's in it. Also, the guy that was in um, the Entourage. I never remember oh. his name. He's in the blob, the 80s blob as well. Oh God! God, I need to. I'm gonna cheat. Yeah, let's 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 look this up. But while while, while you're doing that yeah, and yeah, getting that information, talk. it's like, funny. Don't give me radio silence. It's funny that you mention about Charlie Sheen uh, also being in the, the platoon movie alongside Johnny Depp's cameo because 
funnily enough, Charlie Sheen was actually looked at for the role of Glenn uh, Lance as well. He actually really he actually went ahead and auditioned, and um, apparently New Line Cinema really wanted to go ahead with him for the role. Whether this is official or not, he later came out in an interview many years later down the line and uh, rebuked it and said that this wasn't the case. But apparently Charlie Sheen passed up to do the role because there was an issue of um, him and his agent wanting more money. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. Whereas Baby Depp was... Queer. By the way, the actor's name was Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon, yes. Yeah, yeah Kevin yeah. Dillon. He's in it, and he plays a really nasty character in Platoon. Mm. Really horrible character. Yeah, yeah. But anyway... Yeah. Fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hard to talk about an eighties film without bringing up other eighties. It, it, it is, but this is this is where the references come in, come in nah, handy. Nah, you know, can't, you can't strip, trick away. This is where they come in. Uh, have I mentioned the camera work? Yeah, because there's one in the opening where you know Tina gets chased. Yeah. And he cuts from behind a tree, and you can't see one side of the tree, but he comes out. Yeah. I was like, for this micro-budget kind of movie. It's pretty cool, isn't it's it? It's really well done. Yeah. And the way she dies... Can we start talking about people dying? Yeah, let's, let's talk about the deaths. Let's talk about the deaths. So, um, just for note, apparently within this film, well, throughout the production of this film, 500 gallons of fake blood was used on set. Which was then a record broken by only Peter Jackson's brain dead. Yeah, which... Hundreds of thousands. Yeah, so that completely eclipses. But for the time, Nightmare on Elm Street was definitely up there with the amount of use. Probably majority of that was due to... um, uh, Baby Depp. Glenn Glenn Baby Depp's death. I'm calling him Baby Depp. Baby Depp. Let's just call him Baby Depp throughout the rest of the pod. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's... Oh, he's so adorable. And then you look at him now and you're like... oh. It's like, what Dude, happened to you, man? Stop, no, man, you survived. Man. He's one for the men. Oh, no. Tina's death. Tina's death. Tina's death, right. So, after... Right, because I need to talk about this. After Rod has an orgasm better than I have ever experienced, he's like... They're both... Well, you you got Baby Depp downstairs because he's been, like, completely... Like, you know, shunned away by shunned Nancy. Like, what am I doing it tonight? But that will be later the better thing about her because... It's got the horror movie trope where if you are a virgin, you'll win. (laughs) (laughs) This uh, film salutes that so much. And then he goes, uh, Wes Craven goes against it with um, Scream. It's almost like he goes, that trope's really silly. Yeah. Let me go against it. But um, yeah, they have the most loudest sex ever to the point where I was in hysterics. Like, it's ridiculous. It's quite funny. And then, you know, you've got Glenn's line next door, like, reality sucks. Yeah, reality sucks. (laughs) And uh, they're they're banging. And yeah, I I envy the rodgasm. Because he literally like closes his eyes and goes, like he's taking heroin. I've tried to I've tried to replicate it a few times. Oh hasn't, man, hasn't, hasn't sorry to hear that. Out. I will never get a rodgasm. <laughs> it hasn't worked uh, out. Man. He, he then lays back and they both go to sleep. Yeah, because as we know, men get very tired after ejaculation. Of course they do, and apparently also men men can have nightmares too. So Rod. Uh, oh yeah, because Rod starts bringing up the fact he's had nightmares. Everyone though is kind of hinting at it because I think it's downstairs. Mm. Um. Nancy says, "Oh yeah, he's got, he's got a dirty red and green jumper yeah, and knives, knives for fingers." fingers and, yeah. and then that made sense when uh, Rod turns up. He does a prank on them with a rake. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, "Oh, how does he know that?" And then later on, he's like, "Well, guys have nightmares too." And they both go to sleep. 
This is where we're, this is where the little sort of hints start tying together that oh, all of these script. all of these kids are experiencing mm. the same sort of nightmares. It's just that the girls, uh, the females, are more open with it because they fear Freddy. Whereas the guys don't really understand what their nightmares are at this point, or whether or not if it's even real and mm. if everybody's experiencing the same. But yeah, um, yeah. So Tina and um, Tina and Rod fall asleep, and then Tina falls into yet another nightmare nightmare dreamscape. And uh, this one actually ends with her dying in one of the most crazy, insane, unique well, death scenes I've ever seen. they built this room upside down. Yeah, right? rotational, rotational. Rotational room, which makes the whole scene seem flawless. And they've obviously cropped, well, not cropped, they've projected uh, Rod in front of it. Yeah, So yeah. it looks like he's looking up at it. Yeah. Apparently, what was said was that um, Wes Craven and a few of the other team basically mounted their director seat, their, well, director, producer, whatever, chairs to the set. Um, and had the set rotate around them so that they could actually carry on filming. Awesome. The problem was that... Motion sickness. Motion sickness was one. Right. And also, the due to the excessive amounts of blood, when the room was rotating, apparently the blood was seeping through onto some of the, <laughs> some of the crew. Nice. So this, this, this became a little bit of an issue for them. Uh, okay. Luckily, they ended Ballsy, up getting the shots they want. I know, right? For, for, for the 80s, it's crazy. Well, uh, it's just how cheap this film is that I'm really impressed by. Yeah. Um, okay. we got to talk about it. Stretch Armstrong, Freddy Krueger. Oh. For me, it's okay because it's a dream. And dreams can be a load of nonsense and not make sense. They can. So this film has literally written a rule going, we can get away with fucking anything. They can. They can. I'm not going to lie. They can. But even like... Even me, as someone who saw it at a very, very early age and has watched it throughout my life, throughout the years, I can't help... I love... Don't get me wrong, I love this film, but it looks very campy to me these days. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I just love his theatrical delivery of it. God, I say, he's like, this is God. <laughs> I, he doesn't say bitch in this one. No, When no, does no, the no. bitch thing start? It, it kind of starts... Bitch. It kind of starts around... Um, Is it Dream Warriors? Dream Warriors, yeah. yeah. Because there are, within that film, there are more female characters that he has to torment. So um, he gets sexist. Yeah, he gets very sexist God, he's a mur child-murdering, potential paedophile is sexist. Yeah, he fits all the bill. God, man. this guy's great. He fits he? the bill. He fits the bill. Another another special effect uh, moment that I liked in Tina's death is uh, the ripping off of the face. Yeah, that's all right. I quite like that because it's done with a bit of editing because you see his face before it happens. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's, a, that's you know, a, pra a practical effect, real face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way they managed to transition it to the... Mad fucking creepy, really well man. Well. And these are the things that really got me about, about, about that death where I couldn't... Once I saw those things early on, I couldn't unsee them and it kind of stayed... It stayed with me. It was kind of like a mark where I was like, wow, this horror film is imprinted on me. And it, Did it invade your dreams? Freddy has invaded my dreams once or twice. I'm happy to say that, obviously, because Were you they wet? I'm still here. Were they wet dreams? <laughs> Good God, no. <laughs> what do you take me for, man? <laughs> no, there's got to be someone who's into it. Jesus. Um, she dies and everyone thinks it's Rod's fault. Which is quite a... Uh, Quite sustainable because he kind of like runs outside of the outside. Well, he of runs room. from the scene, but they listen yeah. to it on the other side of the door. Yeah, and they're like, 
they're hearing what he's saying, but uh, they're not really putting two and two on? together. Yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, Baby Depp doesn't like him, so he's immediately on the Rod's a murderer train. Yeah. Same as John Saxon. Yeah, well, John Saxon knows he's a no good punk. He's like. I don't know if they call him that, but. They call him a delinquent. They're like a delinquent like like Rod Dwayne. Rod Lane, a no good punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes on, yeah, he essentially goes on the run for a certain portion of the film. Nancy bumps into him several times. Uh, well, the first time no, she bumps she into him. No, she literally bumps into him once, no? Yeah, and then he gets he gets arrested. Which was a, bar, a giant sting operation by John Saxon himself. Which was pretty cool. I thought it was really cool that they made the man with the sunglasses on the other side of the road seem like he's almost a horror character. <laughs> and he's actually just involved in catching this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's call, him, let's call him sunglass agent Ed. Yeah, Ed. Right, we'll call him Ed. Ed Ed is there and you're like, ooh, this is creepy. And then Rod Light jumps out of the bushes and pulls her into the bushes. This man who didn't murder anyone jumped out of the bushes and attacks Nancy. (laughs) And then they they obviously get him and they put him in prison. Yeah. Which leads us on to the next death, okay? And I really want to comment on this because it's something I realised. I think that Freddy Krueger killed Jeffrey Epstein. What 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 makes you think this? Well, there's a hanging that no one saw. Right. He's a nonce, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Do you think that Jeffrey Epstein had dirt <laughs> on Freddy Krueger? You think Freddy Krueger went to his island and he was going to expose him? Absolutely. Freddy Krueger on Epstein Island. Yeah. So Freddy <laughs> Freddy hangs him when no one's looking and makes it look like a suicide. <laughs> well, he's had practice with Rod, hasn't he? So right, That's what I mean. He's perfected it with Rod. He was like, you can't tell anyone, bitch. He's <laughs> like, fucking hangs him. This is such a... It, amongst all the other deaths in the film, it's a death that's quite... Real. It's real. Some people would say it, it's a bit mundane because it's kind of just a guy getting hung by but an invisible feels entity. More, more yeah, but it feels more gra- feels more grounded. One hundred percent. I have a fun fact about this death as well. That oh, fun fact. Yeah, that not a lot of people will know. You probably won't know. I, I don't. I don't. So uh, it is literally the precursor for Epstein. Is that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. But the the, the main actor who plays uh, Rod. Um, Garcia? Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Jesus Garcia. Apparently, during the filming uh, where he actually has this death sequence... They fucked it and nearly he, killed it. He was on heroin. Oh. Yeah, he came on to set after having heroin. Um, this so, film couldn't get more ratings if it tried. You know what I mean? And apparently, like, everybody was seeing him during this sequence where he's being hung... Uh, by the jail cell like bars and it's Heather- a sheet isn't it it's yeah, sheet the sheet around the bars and Heather Langenkamp came out and basically said during the time of the filming that this seems like it's the best work that he's ever done he's really committing to it little do people know because he's off his tits it- Dude, it could have gone so wrong as well. Would you argue that that's method? <laughs> Get on heroin if you want to do the best performance. <laughs> I mean, looking back on like Philip Seymour Hoffman's Oscar for Truman Capote, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, all, it all makes sense now, isn't it? It all makes sense. Everybody did heroin. Heroin makes actors. Heroin apparently. gives you an Oscar, apparently. <laughs> uh, the scene that really fucked me up as a kid. Yeah. Uh, there's one in particular. There's one scene that really did it. Tina's corpse getting dragged through the school. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and also the goat. The goat at the beginning of the film appears again. No, the goat, uh, Linda Shea. Oh, it's like, the school I like teacher. how you did that. I yeah. like how you did that. Yeah, the yeah. Goat herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, she, 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 she's a horror icon. Oh, she's amazing. It's her husband, Robert Shea, who produced these films, he, he right? Produced it. Yeah, yeah. And he like has to sneak in his own cameos into them as the more they go on. He's like, yeah. I need to be in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, she was great. She was great. The little she, role that she had, she yeah, was really she turns good. Up, she sells it, and mm. then again, you got her in oh. The con, uh, no, not uh, the insidious movies. The insidious right? movies, yeah, she puts And then in. I've looked at her filmography, right? Yeah, hit me with it. She's done 211 films. That's she has 211 acting credits. That's probably a couple more than Christopher Lee, because Christopher Lee is credited with like up to two. Well, the horror, horror, horror credits, she's like smashed it. Really? Yeah, and oh, I'm just amazed. And that all happens before Rod's death, this, that, that classroom scene. But the bit where the it's in like the body bag, right? Yeah, visceral. And it gets visceral. lifted mm. by invisible phantom Freddy. Yeah. And then dragged away. And that's still, for me, it was like, oh, that's still creepy. But then it's really undercut by the hall pass moment, right? <laughs> Don't forget your hall pass. <laughs> Fuck your hall pass! Which no. is one of Nancy's <laughs> moments where she's not great in this. Yeah, we'll talk about her acting. Her oh, acting isn't... I've got some moments in this film. Like. I, I feel like the dialogue in this... Okay, the writing and dialogue in this film isn't the best to begin with, but I feel like there's certain actors in the film that have better delivery than others. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Amanda Weiss is one of them who manages to actually... And also, Johnny Depp's very good in this. Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp does, a, does a pretty good delivery. He's got well. some proper little naff moments and he sells them quite well. Yeah. Um, you were talking about heroin, right? I was. Do you know where she's in the bath, right? Oh, yes. And the hand comes out and then she gets dragged. I thought she got transported to the train spotting toilet place. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really interesting that you brought up heroin. Because I was like, I'm expecting you and McGregor to just give her a little wave. (laughs) It's okay. This also made me realise... I had to check her age because I was like, what's going on in this movie? And it actually made the film even funnier. Mm -hmm. She's 20 years old, Heather Lang- Langenkamp. Yeah, she's a, There's she's a, a lot of side boob in this movie. In the bath scene, a little bit later, she's got some side boob. Yeah, when she's getting grabbed up in the bo- in the room and everything. But yeah. then it also made it really funny, the fact that she says in one scene, when she puts a reflection or so, she goes, I look 20 years old. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Because like, you are. Like, you are 20 years when old. She's in the, when she's in the hospital getting, like, the uh, x-ray sort of thing done and... She's kind of under the drip. Oh no, it's the scene where um, Baby Depp comes to watch over her in her sleep and mm. she just pulls her little mirror up and goes, oh, I look 20 years old. And it's you like, are 20 years you old. You are 20 years old, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. She's got such an attitude in this film. She's I, a bit sassy with Glenn, isn't she's she? She's really, well, okay, he's adorable. He is, and I feel like she takes advantage of it sometimes. She's like... I asked you to do one thing, you little shit. Well, she channels her inner Amber Heard at one point by calling him a bastard while she's in bed. <laughs> yeah. And he's poor there, he's just sat there like, 
Oh, it's like very reminiscent of that court case that would yet to be cut. Poor baby Depp. Poor baby oh, Depp. Baby Depp. Funny note about that. Um, well, fun fact about that uh, pool uh, sequence where she gets attacked. Apparently, the uh, the crew put in a bottomless, uh, kind of like a bottomless tub was built. For the right. sequences where you see her underneath. Is it her, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 sorry, sorry. It's not her. They get in a stump woman. Right, because the body frame changed. Yeah. Like, she looks different. It's very noticeable, yeah. Like, it seems like someone who's got longer limbs. But I feel like that was doing it. also, I don't know this verbatim, but I feel like that was partially due to the studio spoke to Heather and asked her kind of what sort of things are do you Do you want to do an underwater with? scene not involving James Cameron? And she probably said, no, I want James Cameron on set for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, there, there, there was a stunt woman on that. But um, cool little note there, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Pancake mix. Pancake mix. I mentioned pancake mix because I just keep jumping to the special effects parts of this film. There's a sequence... Well, it's uh, one of the things you can credit the movie for the most. Yeah, yeah. The creativity in this movie is off the chain. The, se the sequence where Heather um, goes into the dreamscape uh, and has uh, Baby Depp watch over her, but he fails and Freddy Well, intercepts. here's the thing. He jumps from behind a tree at one point mm. and I'm like... Does that mean he's fallen asleep because he's interacting with the dream? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's essentially so what it's supposed to mean. Nancy calling him a bastard mm. is kind of being a bit dumb here because she's already interacted with him in her dream. This is true. But only realises he's asleep later. This is true. It's oh, a bit... There's a conundrum there, isn't there? Yeah. There's a couple of things which I thought were conundrums and I'm like, no, this script's just actually really <laughs> bloody good. <laughs> but that, that's one of those moments where I'm like... Yeah. yeah she's running up the stairs uh, there's some goo in the stairs that she falls down that's actually ca uh, pancake mix that that's pancake use. mix yeah 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 right. they formulated it into the into the floorboard so it's pretty cool I wanted to also uh, explore the electroshock therapy moment because uh, back to her shitty parents her alcoholic mother continuing to make bad choices who's like right we're going to get you monitored in a mental ward as you sleep. <laughs> Which I think is quite a good scene. It is a good sequence. It is a good sequence. But it also leads to more into the fact that by this point, Nancy has aggressively expressed to her parents that this person is tormenting her. And she gaslighting her. They're connected and they keep gaslighting her and trying to push the goalpost back and say, you're delusional, honey. You don't know what you're talking about. How are you doing that to your kid? Like, come on, man. Nah, she's fucked. And then uh, I think up her mum even says, Freddy Krueger's dead. Like, acknowledging that he exists. Yeah. And she brings she's out the glove. probably spent this... No, it's the hat. It is the hat. Oh, no, she brings out the glove later. And her mum brings and out the glove and is like, and then does the whole confession with her bottle of vodka and she's always <laughs> yeah. got tucked under her arm. Alcoholic. She's like, oh, by the way, I kept his glove. You damn alcoholic. It's not like I've been doing anything kinky with it. <laughs> I want to talk about this amazing scene because I think it's one I never noticed and it's one of my favourite parts of the movie because mm. it really explores a lot more. Yeah. Is where they're talking about dream skills on the bridge. So that's a scene that kind of went over my head a lot of the time I watched this film in previous years because yeah. it was kind of like a throwaway scene where you don't really take notice of it. You're just waiting to get to the third act. But I'm glad you brought that up because in, mm. in our rewatch, obviously, to prepare for this film, I did take note of that scene as well. And I was like, huh, these guys are actually, like, planning. Because he says something about the fact that um, 
you need to control. Well, it's basically lucid dreaming. That's what yeah, 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 essentially. And there's the whole thing where you can control your dreams and turn your back on it, and you take mm-hmm. away its energy. Yeah. Which, you know, almost is the ammo because it, it was further explored in Freddy versus Jason. But I don't know how much you want to really include that as canon. Also, Dream Warriors as well, kind of. Movie that leans I'm not. Into this, and yeah. it kind of made me start thinking that this film is a little bit of a prototype to Home Alone, which we did in a previous episode. Oh, dude, 100%. Because she sets up her traps and everything, right? But there's also, I'm not afraid of you anymore. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. This is definitely the prototype for Home Alone. Do you think Chris Columbus and John Hughes watched Nightmare on Elm Street? Listen, Christopher Columbus, John Hughes... And Wes Craven probably smoked a blunt together in the 80s, man. And that's how they came up with the idea. This film and went, yeah, we need to jack this shit. <laughs> I need to set it around we'll Christmas. A pretty little blonde boy. <laughs> Not a blonde girl, a blonde boy that survives. Because it's Hollywood. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're basically Freddy Krueger. Before we get on to a few more of the other deaths, while we're, while we're kind of on the uh, spectrum of. Nancy going through the dreamscape and trying to figure out what Freddy's deal is. There is an Evil Dead cameo um, in really? this in this film. Yeah, the the se- there's a sequence where Nancy is basically before she gets a uh, uh, Glenn involved. There's a sequence where she's just resting, sleeping on her bed, trying. She's a bit restless, and on the TV is actually uh, the first Evil Dead. Oh, cool! And the reason this is all going to be such a great thread, but the reason that Evil Dead was included in Nightmare on Elm Street is Wes Craven decided to put it in as a cameo because um, The Hills Have Eyes, which he did... Yeah, was... but he made the second one the same year, right? Yeah, yeah. That first Hills Have Eyes that he made back in the 70s... So I hope that wine pouring is, has been caught on audio. It's quite but... exquisite, isn't it? Yeah. You know, That was included in the first Evil Dead oh, film. Yeah. There was a poster of The Hills Have Eyes in The Evil Dead. So they're like cross-universe. Cross yeah, yeah, like yeah. Though. They're like friends. They're like, oh, hey, you use me, you give me a bit of promo, I give you a bit of promo, you know? So I nice. liked that little, that little fun they're both like um, up and coming horror filmmakers. They can mm. appreciate each other. That's actually really interesting you bring that up because Evil Dead, okay, it's a bit comical watching the first one back and that's why the second one is so awesome and the second one might be one of the best films ever made. 100%, yeah. It's because it takes the original and goes, right, let's just... Let's just get balls let's to the make, walls. Let's make it. fun out of the fact that we made a film that's pretty silly now. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's also the technical ability shown in both of these films camera work and mm. everything and the gallons of blood being sprayed around yeah, yeah they're both made by people who are really trying to get inventive with horror mm. and i think you have to thank sam raimi and wes craven both equally for and that. also the blend of humor yeah because yeah. we mentioned this in our um wrapped right about the idea that there's horror movies need to balance this like unless you're going for a kind of Robert Eggers, the witch atmosphere type yeah, thing. Where there's where no cracks, dread. no smiles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, horror's better when it functions on a tightrope mm. that could fall onto a trampoline, which oh, it's funny I bring that up because there's something later that I need to really, <laughs> I didn't even notice and laugh my ass off. Trampolines. Just remember trampolines. Trampolines. But a trampoline, one trampoline that's comedy, one trampoline that's horror. Yeah. And the film could fall on either side. Sam Raimi and Wes Craven both do that 
very well. Amazing, because Freddy's jokes. Freddy's a funny character. He is. Oh, he really is. But he paedophilia like, is not funny. No, it's not. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> paedophilia <laughs> is not a funny... Neither is murder, really. But to be honest, like they do well at contrasting the dark moments between uh, Freddy's humour in these dark moments, because at the end of the day... He's enjoying what he's doing. He's enjoying killing these kids. Yeah. So he, he, it's a sport to him. Yeah, and he's having a bit of fun. He cut yeah. his little fingers and yeah, he's yeah, fucking he's with her. Licking, licking his tongue out. Like, la, la, la. Oh, the phone. <laughs> the phone tongue. Oh, that, that was one of the best special effects in this film. I love that moment. Because I was just thinking there is some sexual deviant out there. <laughs> I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. I've just taken the end of that phone and put it near some place. Oh, God, I can see it now. I, I just kind of went, you know, there's some people that might enjoy the tongue phone. <laughs> the tongue phone. Freddy's tongue phone. I actually literally have a note saying tongue phone. <laughs> Sold for nineteen ninety nine in stores only. <laughs> Something that you might find in Japan. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. But, um, yeah, going on from your point with uh, Wes and uh, Raimi, um, also, the inclusion of, like, having that balance of comedy. You've got to remember, like, these are human, normal human beings like me and you in these films. Obviously, aside from all of this murder and craziness that's going on around them, they're still going to be themselves. Laughter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I've, I've had this in interesting kind of trivia fact thing that mm. people laugh at some ridiculous rate on a daily basis. Yeah. Like, the emotion of laughter the range or of finding fun. things funny mm. is so much that when you see people who are so serious all the time, mm. it's not very realistic. No. Unless you're some really morbid prick, <laughs> right? Sh uh, um, shall, we, shall we mention one that we know on the port? I don't think we know a morbid no, prick. No, Toby's funny, come on. Okay, he's funny, he's funny. Right now he's drunk, lying in a ditch. <laughs> what could be that, funny? That's, that's, that's comedic. That is comedic, yeah. Okay, I need to get this out of the way because... Is it trampoline? Trampoline. Shall I bring up trampoline now? I want to hear no, trampoline. No, no, I need to save trampoline. trampoline all right, all right. We'll leave trampoline. Okay. Um, Johnny Depp's death, baby Depp's death. Jesus. Where he's basically put in a liquidizer. So when I was, when I first watched this film and a few years after, when I was still underage, uh, I might add, I never really understood what had happened to him during this death. When Freddy would have liked you most. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> uh, no, I was confused by it when I first saw it. Yeah, because he goes, he sinks into the hole in his bed and then what happens there? I'm more confused by the fact that everyone still doesn't think something is fucking weird is going on. The mum opens the door, sees a hole in her son's bed and her son being liquefied. That was upside down, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah, it was upside yeah, down. I, I yeah, I thought it was because yeah. that's the only way you could have pulled that off. Yeah, yeah. But like the random trickles that you get on the frame, by the way. Like, not just the initial, like, the, yeah. the, the complete blow of blood out of the centre of the bed. There's these little droplets yeah, yeah, yeah. coming down. I think they're, cinematography-wise, look really fucking cool. It's great that you mention about the, the, the splatters of blood and, like, how committed they were to uh, expressing it in, in, in different sections of that scene. Because, apparently, um, 
I found out that they ended up using dyed red water for a lot of the blood, blood, blood right, scenes yeah. because... No corn syrup and... But sticky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, main, mainly due to the fact that, like, the the sticky corn syrup, like, special effects sort of uh, vibe didn't Typical really... Blood. Yeah, it didn't really work, apparently. The, the, the crew said that it didn't... The blood didn't look, like... Convincing. Realistic enough. Yeah. So they went with the red dyed to express how... Which makes sense, because it looks like Kool-Aid coming out. But then it's almost like um, uh, Hitchcock using... Well, I mean, uh, he had the advantage of the fact in Psycho that he had black and white. Yeah. But it's just black paint. Yeah, yeah. Going down the... the <laughs> so easy to get away with. Looks yeah, convincing. Yeah, looks convincing. You know? The consistency is one of those things where it's got to be kind of gloopy. Blood is gloopy. Mm. It's darker when it's... Closer to actual internal organs, by yeah, the way. Yeah. And then like, you know, your your blood like well, we take me, for example, who fucking cracked his head open a few weeks ago. By with, that a, was, with, with a beam falling on his head. That was a added. panel, it weren't a beam. It should, have, it should have been a beam. No, it was actually three and a half tons <laughs> of concrete. But you survived. Because I'm super fucking human. Still. No, um that blood's really bright. Yeah. The blood closer to the skin is a lot brighter. Mm-hmm. And it's like the fact that I kind of look like Mila Johanovic in um, The Fifth Element when, oh, yeah. when this panel <laughs> fell on my head. Nowhere near as beautiful, but I no, mean... No, 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 I there. think it was as beautiful. Oh, Come on. Thank you, my bloody mess was yeah, hot. Yeah, we give credit where credit is due, but Glenn, Glenn's death, that was another death. It's actually my favourite. Tina's is my favourite. Glenn's is a close second. Really? I'm going with the Glenn one because yeah. it's so batshit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I would have... So this, 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 these are the sort of things... As Stefan, I have to say, these are the sort of elements in this film that make me wish that I was around back in 84 to, go to actually go and see yeah. the cinema. Because I would have... Like, I would have shot somebody for the opportunity to see how the audience received all of this for the first time. Oh, I reckon it was, like, abject terror. Yeah. Like, yeah. amazing. Like, proper mind-blowing uniqueness, you know, originality. That's... Me and my dad have conversations all the time about how um, certain studios in the industry don't have enough originality with their films. It's either remakes or sequels or prequels. Oh, this is fucking original as shit. Yeah. This is something I don't know if we mentioned right. It was inspired by an LA Times article which Wes Craven read about a Cambodian boy who had been experiencing nightmares repeatedly and had one and died in his sleep. Mm, you just blew my mind with that. Yeah, this is... And that's why it was inspired by and he read this article. Man. Seriously? Well, this would make a really cool idea. That's actually crazy, man. It's fucking cool. I did it? not know that. No. I, I, I just learned something just now. That, oh, you know. oh, well, there you go. I'm glad I've enriched... Your yeah, love yeah, my love. I, I love it even more I was just hearing that. <laughs> Jesus. So, Nancy... Kevin McAllister's... Freddie, she's yeah. like, right, we do it. And she tells her dad, 20 minutes, right? Yeah. Like, you gotta come wake me up in 20 minutes. She manages to booby trap her entire home in 20 minutes. <laughs> which is nearly as ridiculous as trying to catch a flight in 40. Yeah. Okay. It does, it just, it just won't happen, really. And she manages to finally go to sleep, and she has that really deep chat with her mum, who's still in bed with her bottle of vodka. Yeah, yeah she's nursing She puts the bottle of vodka down, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then actually, like, kind of, 
by that point, she's fully accepted like the fate that no, she she knows who this person is. Now I need to tell her the truth. Because she's got the glove out the oven and explain that they they killed. They, they're Kruger. responsible. They're responsible, and it's kind of like the sins of the father. Yeah, sort of, um, sort very of vibe. biblical of you. Yeah, Love yeah, it. yeah. Well, for Freddie, Freddie's a demon, you know, and and you know you have the, you have I'm going kind of stepping back earlier to the film, but you have that sequence where Nancy stays over with... Um, the crucifix on the wall. The crucifix on the wall! Well, she's also... We're going to probably get into the climax now. Yeah. She yeah, picks up... Do you know when she has the nightmare, because she says 20 minutes, and she goes down into the largest basement ever known to man. It ever goes seen. into one base. Oh, that's one thing, by the way. This boiler room. I work in a boiler room. It's fucking so quiet, this boiler room in this film. Do you work in a boiler room that that resembles the boiler room in Nightmare and Occasionally. Elm Jesus. Uh, yeah, there's no Freddy there, but... Are you sure? Uh, I haven't met him yet. <laughs> there might be some. I fell asleep in there once. <laughs> and I tell my boss. <laughs> but I fell asleep in there once cross-legged, which was uncomfortable. But I didn't die. <laughs> and um, she goes down the stairs. It reminds me of the film Barbarian. Where instead of him, like, he discovers a creepy trapdoor room in the bottom of his house, he goes, prime real estate, right? <laughs> this film's the same way. Goes, um, Nancy goes down the stairs, down to basement. Oh, and also, they've got that painting, a uh, tapestry of those dogs playing cards on the wall. Yes, they do. They do. I remember seeing that. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why is that on the wall? Why is that in this film? Because Freddie likes dogs. Okay, cool. Freddie likes dogs. Who doesn't like Yeah, dogs? who doesn't like dogs? Freddie likes dogs. But she goes down the stairs all the way and then she discovers the boiler room. But this is like a lot more, you know, far more sinister and dark version of the boiler room in comparison to the one that Tina walks through yeah. where she's barefoot in a nightie and I'm like, wow, the amount of trip hazards. You yeah, know, yeah. this would be a risk assessment nightmare. <laughs> but, um, in, the, in this scene, she's going in, she finds the bed and finds the crucifix. Yeah, and she picks it up and they have like a shot of it and it basically... Does she do fuck all with it though? No, she doesn't. And to be honest, that's where I thought the her finding the crucifix again and kind of like... Is that the rhyme? I thought, I thought that was going to play a part into her ultimate, like, you know... Um, uh, defeating of Freddy. Yeah, the climax. Yeah, the yeah. climax. But it it, it it doesn't really. And I thought it was just kind of like a bit of a throwaway thing. So I, I think the script's clever enough that I can let this slide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same here, same here. Right. We get into it. She, uh, Freddy's like hiding around corners doing really creepy shit, like watching her walk through his boiler room. You know, and I like that. And he kind of pops his head around the corner like... <laughs> <laughs> He's been the pilot. And then he jump scares her so hard that she jumps out of a window onto the most blatant trampoline pad I've ever seen. Yeah, that they, they, they didn't. That, they... that one thing does not hold up. I looked at it, and it's one of those, like, you know when you go on to do a suicide jumper on a building and they put that big pad Yeah, out, yeah, like, yeah. 1.1 1. 1 1 million, man. They put some trees in front of it to try and make it not look like it's there. But it does. But it does. But it like, does. It really does. I guess, I guess Nancy just likes, likes jumping on trampolines into in her dreams, man. You now, know? I want to be as cool as this, and I know Wes Craven's a massive horror fan. Do he you is. think the jump out of the window is a reference to Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I really want it to be. You know what? Seeing as you want it to be, I think that it should be. Oh, that's really sweet of you. I guess it can be, yeah. But then it makes be. sense because Wes is that 
like that clued up. That's he's... the era. That's the era. You know, these 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 guys were like kind of he trading dropped, ideas. Um, Hills have eyes around the same time. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. Texas, yeah. and that's why the pair of them are both seen as the hillbilly inbred serial killer cannibal. Inbred killer, man! I'm gonna get you. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling that there was a reference to that because there's 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 a few there, well there's plenty of references in this film to other. Other horror films and cameos, so mm. I'm, I I I agree. Yeah, with fuck that. it, let's put it in. It's law now. I agree if, with that. Uh, whereas there's they're like fr- Nightmare on Elm Street wiki. Some fucker type this because I'm <laughs> I haven't got the time. The third act. Can we talk about the third well, act? We're in of it. This we film? We're, we're in, in it. it. Yeah, because she's jumped out the window. That's all part of this. I and thought then she would... in her half dreamlike state. Smashes the window and calls out to the policeman. Yeah, who? Who's that, by the way the worst policeman? That policeman ever. is an idiot. She's literally, she's literally beaming at him, saying, "Get my dad! It's been twenty minutes." And he's standing there like, "Huh? I think, I think I should call the sheriff." Huh? huh. Yeah. And then there's the coroner's puking so bad after he's seen Baby Depp die. He's been puking in the jar since he saw it. That yeah. 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 Wow, Which, that line hits hard. I would probably be doing the same, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I'd vomit. But that. a coroner who's Used, used to, to this stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking wild. It hits, isn't it? It hits. Right, so she booby traps the house crazily, and all of them work perfectly. All of them work amazingly. What were okay? What was your favorite booby trap in the film? That get sorry in this. I act? like the shotgun shells in the light bulb. Nice. I think that's really cool. Yeah. The is it? She do like a trip wirey kind of thing. She does like the sledgehammer. Above oh the door yeah! And in. I when I saw it, I just imagined Peter Gabriel saying sledgehammer. fucking hard, but the shotgun shell, which basically Skyfall does rip off. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, it does. So it Skyfall does. doesn't just rip off Home Alone. It rips off Nightmare on Elm Street. Fuck you heard it here first. You heard it here. Toby, you heard that. I know you're fucking going to be listening nah, to this episode. You're going to be listening to this tomorrow. You like, heard Fuck. that, mate. You heard that. Fuck! Um, so they, 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 they end up also... Setting him on fire. Setting him on fire in the boiler room. Which, by the way, the Freddy costume allows them to hide a burn suit really well. Amazing. Because I the burning, which is unfortunately one of the first Weinstein productions <laughs> which is a, which is a typical slasher movie set on a camp yeah, yeah, yeah there's a scene in it I really like the film but there is this scene involving um, uh, a burn suit because the whole thing is they burn a caretaker on a on a summer camp yeah and that burn suit looks awful it doesn't look convincing does no it? and the fact that they've got the Freddy disguise over the burn suit mm. makes it look tolerable that makes yeah. it actually convincing enough. Yeah. I don't think it's still the best use of a burn suit. It's not. It's not. It's, it's definitely not the best. But the fact that they kept it on and it kind of like kind of influenced the situation that oh shit, Nancy's really kicking Freddy's ass, and he stays on it. He stays within it for a very long time. Even the moment where you think he's done, you think he's gone. John Saxon and his crew bust through the door and then Nancy sees the patterned footprints leading up to the bedroom where Freddy ultimately takes out um, Nancy's mom. Mm. That was another special effect sequence that I fucking love. The sub, the submerging into, yeah, the, into the bed. Okay, but I need to talk about this because none of it makes sense. Explain. Okay, so John Saxon breaks down the door with his cops 
and Freddy's managed to run past the mast on fire mm. without nobody noticing, by the way. Just, just, just get that bit. But then again, dream. He's dream. He, he, he manipulated himself. Up. Okay. He and he runs up the stairs and then starts dry humping her mum whilst on fire. It, it is a very suggestive uh, movement that he is doing. Yeah. And then he puts a blanket over them or a towel to extinguish it. Yeah. Extinguish the flames. And then he disappears and there's a skeleton version <laughs> of her mum that descends into the bed. Stefan, I laugh at this scene. It's I love so it. so bananas. I love it, but there we go again, bananas. I love it, but it is, it is so fucking hilarious, isn't it? I know, I couldn't take it seriously. But then, you know, she, uh, John Saxon leaves the room and then he comes out and he's like, Arr. and that's where you get the full Kevin McAllister of, I'm not afraid of you anymore. <laughs> I don't like, fear you. I love that shot where he rips out of the, um, the mattress. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is an iconic oh, shot. I love it. Man. And he comes out and she's like, do you know what? Fuck you. The yeah. less I pay attention to. Basically, she's like a TikTok. Uh, Freddy Krueger's like a TikToker or a social <laughs> or an Instagram influencer. Where the less you follow them and watch their stuff, the more they yeah. disappear, right? Freddy TikTok. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And he claws at her and goes, and like kind of disappears. That 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 part that part really really just weirds me out. Like, where are you disappearing to, my man? I know you're a figment of imagination. But then. But then she opens the door and it's all misty and ultra bright. Yeah. And her mum's like, do you know what? And that's when you know this is this is still a dream. I know what you're going to say. Because she's like, I'm not going to drink anymore. And you're like, <laughs> no, woman, you're an alcoholic. It's not that easy. It's in your blood. You haven't been to an AA meeting yet, okay? <laughs> and you're just, just I'm not going to drink anymore. The, the, oh. And then they get in the convertible. You see the you see the hood go over. The Freddy, Freddy convertible. Yeah, you've got the Freddy. And the Freddy also, colors. all of the cast are still alive in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the worst dummy in cinema history. Oh, my God. It's terrible, isn't it? It is terrible. It's a great way to end it, though. It's it's the act of it. It's what it symbolizes that Freddy is still alive. Yeah, yeah, and I loved that. But then, the, yeah, yanking that terrible dummy. <laughs> but then that goes back to our point about the ending. How it's a dream within a dream within a dream. There's an inception here. There's a there's a double cross essentially. It's like everything that you were led to believe by this ending isn't true. The real ending is Freddy's still out there and dreams can still kill you. Oh. So that, that, yeah, and that that kind of wraps up the film. I have a, I'd, I'd be really interested to know what the audience was thinking. Oh, this doesn't wrap up out. the film. You get Nightmare by 213. Oh, because I've never stuck around for the credits after watching this film. As many times as I've seen it throughout my life, I never even knew that that song existed. <laughs> No, it's epic as fuck. I tried to find it on Spotify. It's not available because I'd have like rode my commute train into to, London to Bridge. Song. No, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's just a dream, dream. And I like Googled them and they're like basically just some kind of club band that never really did anything. So oh, shout out to 213. Yeah, RIP, man, your yeah, career. Well, RIP. They're dead, but their band is. Well, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, their band's dead. Or is it in a dream? Oh. Right, there's one thing I want to bring up to wrap up in please, a way. It's please. just general lore and stuff. Yeah, let's let's get into it. But right in Dream Warriors, yeah, you get the expanded lore 
of the son of a hundred rapists. Now I don't know if it's exactly a hundred. I think no, they just throw but that it's number out it's there. really fucking scary and terrifying. Yeah, it's a lot though. It's a lot. And you you know this actually gets explored even more in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Six. Uh, Freddy's Do you know dead. one of the extras though in the scene is Robert England? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. himself without makeup on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I yeah, find that right. idea that this spooky ghost uh, nun thing. Mm. I find that whole plotline really fucking scary and the, the, it's, it's disgusting it's horrible like some nun accidentally gets locked in a room mm. with a hundred maniacs and they just have their way with her thus creating Freddy Krueger which makes it really funny that his school bully was called Freddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah he really did that kid oh, dirty man, man. well he probably deserves this it this kid must have been some nasty yeah man. yeah he must have done some really dastardly stuff but but going on from your point with the law I, like you I love how um, 2 is kind of a f- uh, far cry from all of this and it kind of goes in it the doesn't, direction it doesn't it just kind of almost implies the idea that it, Freddy wants to adopt a new host which is yeah. cool and I like it it's different it's cool it's a standalone idea and it's great yeah. but then when we get to Dream Warriors they really harp on the fact that like you know you get nuns you get this nun popping up left right and centre you get her kind of explaining the the way to definitively defeat Freddy because up until this point every all of the characters have been defeating Freddy in um, dreamscape ways whereas to in part three if you haven't seen it he actually his bones uh, the actual bones of uh, Fred Krueger get uh, dug up and reburied and that is the way that he is defeated um, in reality and in dreams so they take that whole. They, they expose on that and take it to a whole new level in the later films, which I actually appreciated, you know? Yeah. They added a whole lot more. I, I like how the films do expand on the lore. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the few franchises where, you know, once Jason's invented, Jason's invented, mm. and then anything you add to Michael Myers makes Michael Myers worse. Yeah, unfortunately. You're like, oh, by the way, if you put him into a magical circle, his powers stop working. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, also, his sister is actually Laurie Strode and you're just like, yeah, where does oh, that all fuck this. Where does that all come together? Nah, man? I, whereas this, I, I think it's one of the few franchises where the more the villain goes on, the more he develops and mm. even with the later ones, there's lesser, but there's like some really cool creative kills, like the one with the the guy who falls asleep at the wheel. Oh, the he gets the guy turned, on the bike. Yeah, and he gets turned into like. That's one of my favorite death scenes in the in the in, in the whole series. I oh, love for me, it's like one sequence. of my favorite death scenes. Full stop. The music, you know, the music, like do 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 when he's getting like injected. Is and, this before oh. Alice Cooper gets involved? Because Alice Cooper suddenly starts doing soundtracks for every fucking no, horror this, movie. No, this this is 80s. after Alice Cooper gets involved in the film before the one where Dan, the guy on the bike, dies. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So this is a bit after that. Um, there's an uncut version of that death, by the way, really? which I don't know if you've seen, but it's a lot more graphic. Cool. Show yeah. me sometime. I will, I will show you that. Does this mean after this pod we're just gonna end up randomly watching Nightmare on Elm Street? I don't see. I don't see why not. I'm down. I'm 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 down to do that, man. Hundred oh, percent. So, yeah. I mean, I guess to 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 conclude to conclude uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like I said at the beginning, um, this film holds a very special place in my heart. Um, I've always got time for it. I'll always have time to appreciate kind of the uniqueness of it and what it did for horror, the horror industry going forward. I kind of also hope that at, at some point studios start getting back to 
the originality factor of horror films, trying yeah, to think outside of the unique, box, yeah. yeah. Create something unique and maybe long-lasting. I know it's a bit harder to do in, in modern day as, as it was back then, but I really hope that some of this flavour uh, rubs off on, on the new creators that will come in the future in this space. And um, yeah, I, I love it, man. Uh, go Freddy, go Freddy, hashtag go Freddy. What about you, Stefan? What would what would your wrap up be for? For, for this my film? wrap up, I always liked Jason as a kid. Mm. Like I liked the big <laughs> hockey mask wearing, uh, demented. There's probably some more offensive words I could use for it, <laughs> but um, yeah, older I get, I start to just really appreciate Freddy as a villain mm. and how creative and original the idea is, mm. and. Yeah, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 1 is just a completely unique horror film. When you look at the sea of 80s horror slashers or so on, mm. this is truly stands on its own. Through and, and through. I really think the praise it gets, other than the super fucking confusing ending, <laughs> I think it deserves. And Heather Langenkamp, though I've, you know, I have said earlier on that there's certain moments of her where she's pretty pants. yeah. As an entirety, she sells a lot of the fear. Yeah, yeah. And she does great in that in that aspect. Yeah. And that's why I like her coming back in New Nightmare where she's like fully taken on the mantle mm. and really up to her game. She's a mom in that film as well. She's got a kid. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she's got a kid in Yeah, that. so fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, we love uh, the guys. If you haven't seen it, please Please, I implore you to go out and watch this film. It's a great classic horror. Alex, it's been an absolute pre- pre- Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> you too, Stefan. You and, too. And uh, I'd like to wish everyone a happy new year whenever the fuck this thing comes out. Yeah, it should come we out. We finished in... the bottle of wine now, so it was a good pod. We yeah, did well. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we, I think we, I think we did quite well, man. Um, look out, look out for for more, obviously. And um... also, yeah, the other one I want to say is if you do like us, don't feel forced or anything. Do follow us on Instagram at Serial Viewers Pod podcast yeah you don't have to like i hate being that person that goes oh click like and share but you'd be doing us a really great yeah, favor and if you, you love the content that, yeah then. do it i'd really like we'd we'd all love that yeah, and go it's ahead. a shame not to have toby here tonight and yeah uh, we miss you man we miss, yeah, you. I miss you toby and it's been an absolute pleasure alex you obviously signed this one off man it's I yours will, i will i will take us into the stratosphere ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to both of us have a good a good entry into 2024 and we'll see you then for the next one